You're on. All right. Well, this is our beta test for our new podcast. You know, once we get a name, we'll get to the street and announce it. But for now, you know, I'm Anthony, and this is Matt, and uh, we just go and uh, talk, give our takes on the news as it happens, and um, we'll see if we can keep going and doing some of this stuff in the future. It's going to be called Politics Boys. There we go. Yeah, not going to be called that. It's going to be called the Toxic Beagle Bros. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll figure that part out. Something like that. Something something toxic, highly toxic. <laughs> yeah. Toxic breadlines. I like the I like that. I mean, the only part I really actually like is the bros part. Yeah, it can just be like the bros. The bros. I don't think there's a podcast like that, right? There <laughs> is the bros. We spell bros with a Z. Bros with a Z? Yeah, we can... We'll put, like, a logo up down there with, like, a a hat cocked to the side, too. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what makes us specially qualified for this, other than um, our good takes. What about about you? Do you have special qualifications? I don't know if I have any kind of special qualification. The only thing I know is that, you know, we've... I think... Both of us, we follow we follow all this, uh, you know, the political rhetoric pretty closely, and um, we just want to, you know, have, uh, you know, go ahead and share what we feel about, you know, all the goings on of the day, you know, and right now we're you know, in the middle of an election, in the middle of a primary, and you know, there's a lot to weigh in on. Yeah, I don't like need to list my credentials because, like, my takes speak for themselves. My good takes. Right. There you go. The people that are on TV giving their takes are so dumb. Like they're all so bad at their like everything. Like their analysis, their perspective—it's just so inept. And if those guys get paid millions of dollars to have these terrible takes, there's you know, like there's there's no way in the world that our takes are not like you know valid enough for a shitty podcast. Like, they don't understand, like, running a good campaign, you know, like... I mean, I don't understand the whole problem people have with Rogan, really. I mean, look, if they want to go and say he made some transphobic comments, I mean, okay, so, you know, he made some comments people didn't like, okay? You know, a lot of people are going to make comments you don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Imagine, like, the double standard you have where a guy says he doesn't think, you know, trans women who are born men should be competing in MMA, a fucking combat sport against, you know, biological born women, right? Like, yeah. That seems to me an awfully fine, like... You're I mean, it's a really fine. gray area. Yeah. I don't know enough about combat sports to really weigh in on it. Well, I mean, biological, you know, sexual dimorphism is a thing. You know, like, men and women are different size. Their bodies are different. Their bone structure is different, you know? Like, like, I mean, and look, I've seen even, like, from a lot of people in the LGBT community, I mean, look, they're acknowledging that there's a, such a thing as gender identity. I think we can all acknowledge gender identity, you know? 
But, you know, but I also see from those same people talking about sex and gender are different. Now, biologically, you know, you're talking about your, your sex, you're born one way. Internally, there's different things going on that, that you're born trans, and I can understand that, you know? But, but you know, you're talking in the, in the context of a combat sport, and this is, you know, a guy, an MMA guy, giving up his, you know, opinion on something that he knows well, yeah. you know? Now, if we're going to go and shit on Bernie for touting that endorsement of the largest podcast or one of the largest podcasts online, this is bigger than the New York Times endorsement. Can Much people bigger. not wrap their fucking heads around this? I've seen yeah. people online now say they're going to vote for Bernie because Rogan had him on. And now, how many more is he going to get because he said that he's going to vote for him? Exactly. I mean, a huge deal, and no, I feel like anybody fucking... trying to make light of it and play purity politics is just either a ridiculous, or like I said originally, they just don't want to win. They don't care about winning. Okay, like, now they don't understand building a coalition to win. You know, well, like, look at well, that. you know. But like, first of all, we could just go into to two different groups here. So we're talking about people from other camps, we're talking about people from the Warren camp, from the Kamala camp, from Biden camp, whatever else. I don't believe that they're honest actors. I think that if Brogan would have had them on and loved them and had touted and been able to tout yeah. an endorsement from Rogan on their candidate, I think they'd be the same people out there celebrating. You know, they'd be the same right, people uh, out there saying Joe Rogan, that. Joe Rogan is Team Biden. You know, instead he told yeah. their candidates to eat shit and said, you know, I like Bernie, I like Tulsi. What do you, what do you want? You know, now the people that I'm confused about are people, you know, with roses in their in their handles on Twitter that are going around talking about like, oh, I don't know if I can vote for Bernie anymore because Rogan endorsed him. Like what? Now you don't care about Medicare for all. I mean, how much trouble are you really in? You don't believe in Medicare for all now. No, you can go look on... I mean, it's going around on Twitter. You see people with their roses in their fucking handles going around talking about, like, hey, I don't know if I can vote for Rogan anymore, you know? And then they... Okay, so now student debt forgiveness doesn't matter to you? You know, yeah. it doesn't matter that, you know, you're voting for a dude 40 years consistent into in, in his political record talking about, you know, I'm going to stand for, for against income inequality. And now, now all of a sudden... The MMA guy who said some off-color stuff or maybe some things that you didn't agree with, now all of a sudden that's that's shaking your beliefs. You see, I don't know if to believe what that they're really feeling that kind of way. And, um, I mean, because from my experience, uh, Bernie supporters are very passionate in their support. And something like this is not going to go and say, give them a second thought about it. Yeah, the I I like identity politics is a psyop. You know, like intersectionality is a top-down strategy to get people pissed off. You know, it's like Chomsky manufactured consent. Like that's you know an intensely vitriolic argument within a very small range of issues that don't fundamentally challenge the system of power in this country. You know. That's mm -hmm. the game they're playing, you know, like when I was a kid, it was all about like, you know, like 
being colorblind, like erasing identity. It was all about just like getting over shit, you know? And that seems like that was, you know, a pretty well accepted, you know, cultural trend, right? We were trending that direction. Right. I mean, the people that say that they don't see color, you know, I mean, all of a sudden it was a... That's what I grew up as. That was the punk rock. Like, I was an anti-racist actor as a kid. That was our motto. Right, and you're thinking, you know, and, 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 you know, it's kind of the same, you know, the same thing that people really feel that they're being woke in that sense, that they're being racially progressive or something like that. But, you know, you have to, you have to see color in the sense that you have to acknowledge that there is a disparity in the system, you know, and you have to be aware that there's privileges. You know, even, even like for me, you know, as a Hispanic, uh, as a Hispanic man, you know, I can say, you know, there's a difference between my type of Hispanic and somebody that's half black, half Hispanic. There's a disparity culturally. There's a, you know, in society, even within a minority group, you know, and a, a lot of that, that is not acknowledged. The fundamental flaw in intersectionality, you know? Yes. Like, how do you, you know, how do you rate it? Like, what's the thing here? So it's like, you know, the colorblind approach is not to say, like, yeah, you know, obviously the fundamental flaw is the systemic, you know, oppression from above. You know, it's the you know, the white supremacist police, the shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And no one is saying that we should forget about our differences and not, like, you know, accept them and be proud of where our heritage comes from. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's, you know awesome, valuable things about that. Like the, you know, the arguments in favor of diversity are great arguments for that reason. People have different perspectives, right? But the problem is that it's become just this hyper-focus of so much, it just animates so much of people's, like, political and social, you know, interaction. It's like everything has to be viewed through this lens first and foremost. Like, is this thing the wokest it could possibly be? You know, like, is Joe Rogan like a 100% woke? Is he not? Then I can't have anything to do with him. And I'm going to go so far as to say nothing else matters except that, you know, 3% that we disagree on or whatever. Regardless of like, you know, it's an, it's an undetermined area of, you know, like science hasn't really determined yet. What is the fairest way to, you know, integrate trans people into combat sports. Right. So say that's an undecided area. This man is an expert on the topic. He's got a valid opinion. And if you listen to him say, he's, you know, 100% agrees with everyone's right to be who they are. That's, you know, like the premise of the show, right? uh He just has his take on this. And it's just, it's unfair to the female athletes, you know, the biological female athletes who have to compete. You know, that's what, that's where he was framing his critique from was, you know, these people can't fight a fair fight against somebody who's, you know, has the sexual dimorphism of a man. It's, you know, much larger, right? So then, like, you're going to take that critique and say that's the basis for you to, complete, like you said, completely throw away all your other, you know, like, political, you know, ideological concerns. It's absurd, and I think that speaks to the way that, you know, that has infiltrated the way you were saying that there's, you know, Bernie people saying that infiltrated people's thought processes. You know, they are all consumed by it, especially on Twitter, because you know how the, you know, 
the mob works on there, and people are yeah, and you know everybody's in a rush to be the most woke person on the internet, you know, and then in, in, in a sense, what I get just from my experience is everybody ends up conducting themselves like a public figure, like everything is a like on a red line, you know. You say one wrong thing, you'll have the Twitter mob on your ass. Yeah. You know, well, and I think all of us have that same kind of equal footing when you're able to tweet anything and any number of people can see it. You know, who knows? People, average people go viral and it, it's just what happens. You know, all, you know, these viral videos dealing with, uh, with these race issues, you know, you're, you talk about like these, uh, I was going to say, it's you disturbing know, to me that like Bernie people have seen the way that it's been weaponized against us in the past few days since mm-hmm. we've taken the lead, since we've started to pull ahead of everybody you know, they're panic mode, right? So it's like right. every comment they can take out of context, every interview they can split up, everything they can do with that. How can you sit through all of that and then still not see how, you know, detrimental to progress and identity politics is? That's bothersome. It just shows like see, an incomplete, no. you know, evaluation. Well, you see, it's a it's a lot of that going on when it comes to people doing a lazy po- political analysis. You know, I, I really do think this that um, you I know, when centrist. I mean, well, you know, whoever it is, centrist or otherwise, you know, it's a very lazy analysis to just drop your thought process at identity. You know, is this a person a man or a woman? Is this person white? Is this person from... Does this person check uh, check this box for somebody, you know? If you start and you end your penil- your political analysis within that thought group, I mean, it, it does an injustice to how you evaluate a candidate, you know? And I'm speaking as somebody that was in that centrist camp and... I think that you're kind of geared more towards that quick kind of analysis in that way, yeah. you know, and, and the end of the debate, you know, and, and that's what, that's what they talk about, about Bernie is, oh, we're going to elect an old white man. I mean, the, if, if that's the thought process, I can see why you have a disconnect supporting him. But if you actually do some thought about, Hey, how much will having Free at the point of service healthcare affect me, affect the people I know, affect my family. How much is that going to change things for people in this country? That, you know, how much will uh, having uh, student debt forgiveness wiped off the, bo- you know, uh, you know, student debt just wiped off the board? I mean, how, how much is that going to affect I think people? I would cut the racial wealth gap in half. You see, and, and. Debt. You see, and what does that do for somebody, you know, struggling to make ends meet that's, you know, still dreaming about owning a house one day? I mean, all of that kind of stuff has to enter into a thought process when you're talking about who you're going to pick to be elected president. And it, it's like what I said, you know, if, you, if you're doing a lazy analysis and you're just going, okay, old white man, he's 78, all right? And then that's it. That's, that's the end of it. I don't really want to hear anything else about what this guy's about. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you. It, it, it's, uh, it's voting with, with a very narrow mind, you know, to me. Yeah, I think that's by design, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what they seek to limit the debate to cultural issues. You know, so the cultural the, issues, the right wing, 
you know, the right wing plays on the, you know, the Islamophobia, the xenophobia, and the, you know, the abortions and, um, well, you know, stuff well, like I mean, that. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, the left has their identity politics oppression Olympics. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, you know, the, I, that is on purpose. You know, like, that has been seeded to, you know, the masses. Like, that's the tone they're setting to get people debating this so that whenever somebody steps out of that narrow range of acceptable debate, it's, you know, well, I mean, oh, he's not playing by the rules. You know? I mean, it's, it's the same kind of thing that happened with, with Jank Uger. And, you know, and Jank knew well enough that he was going to end up bringing unnecessary heat on Bernie. So that's, you know, from my perspective, that's why he did what he did. You yeah. know? And I mean, it's it sucks, but you know that's that's really what it comes down to is you're going to have all these you know faux woke people that are going to have a problem with a bunch of the stuff that Jenk has said over years on TYT, and you know you go from being a, a shock jock to being the leading progressive news outlet on online. You know, there's a transition, and there's going to be some stuff in there that wasn't necessarily who you are now, and. When you have a presidential candidate and somebody that runs as clean a campaign as Bernie does, you know, you can understand why it's not going to reflect well. And the Twitter mob was going to have their their shit. They're going to drag Bernie along into all that crap that Jenk is dealing with now. Well, yeah, I get that the, the mob is going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just sad that people's analysis is so underdeveloped that they would fall into those traps too. Like, it's like he says in the, you know, it's like Rogan says in his endorsement, you know, I think he says that directly to, because he knows he's talking to Barry Weiss, right? So Mm -hmm. he's trying to head off any kind of critique she has because he starts it, you know, he's basically like, you can find dirt on anybody. You can isolate something from anybody and, put that, make that look bad, take it out of context, do whatever you got to do. Of you course. can 100% do that, right? And then on top of Not that, anyone. you can lie, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, what he's about, he based it on saying, this guy did that, right? And, you know, you're going to say something bad about him, of course, right? But he, on top of that, has this, you know, long tradition of being consistent and always you know, practicing what he preaches, standing up for what he stands up for, it's, you know, like, that is the critique that is applicable here. It's like, mm-hmm. you can always take something, like, the stuff that they're throwing at him, like, the thing today with the, the wage slavery, like, that is just, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how transparent is that? Like, I mean, it, there, I mean, to me, okay, if it's, can uh, go on and talk about the polling and all that stuff. I mean, the polling now, I think, is having them desperate. first. Okay. So, I mean, okay, so staying on on this stuff, I mean, the wage slavery things and all this kind of stuff, I mean, mean, it it is transparent. You know, they're getting desperate. They're trying to see what sticks, and nothing is going to stick. You're trying to attack somebody that has high credibility because he's built that credibility. You know, and everybody knows what Bernie's about, and you're not going to tell them anything about Bernie that he doesn't say himself. Yeah. You know, 
it, you know, it's like when, you know, we were, we were talking last time and then people want to go and they make this, this complaint about uh, Bernie and this nuclear waste thing. And I keep seeing this pop up, you know, to me. They're talking yeah, about... I haven't seen that pop up in a while. You know, I've they, seen mostly the, the rape fantasy thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen the... Um, let's see. The... Uh, I haven't seen... People like I haven't seen too many of like the um, like talking about financial stuff. I feel like because I feel like when people were saying that they got a lot of pushback right away about the tropes. Uh-huh. So like I haven't seen that one as much. Um, you know, like I have seen the rape fantasy, and I saw the um, what was it? The one we were just talking about, obviously, the wage slavery. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other one I saw? I know I saw another one. I mean, like, it's, I mean, I was on uh, Twitter. You know, I keep seeing uh, what was his name, uh, Peter Dow. He keeps coming out and talking because he was in the Hillary camp, and he's talking about like I've seen the Bernie Oppo research book. I've seen everything that they could throw at this guy. There's he, nothing new that's going to come out. That's the problem. Is it's like these <laughs> people aren't doing it. Like they're not doing it because they leave it or they think it has to be done or whatever the people who are putting it out there are putting it out there because they're being paid you know it's like or it's like you know a quick thing or whatever it's you know they're it's being leaked you know from oppo research or whatever yeah like people are saying hey you should run this story that kind of thing like i'm trying to find the rogan endorsement i was going to put it on the screen while we were talking but here it is um, not it. Um, it's just nothing's gonna stick, you know. It's just they have somebody puts out something negative, and of course, you know, the other people stand, take it, and run with it. It's easy to see. Yeah. You know? That's well, well, and you know, speaking about this stuff, I mean, we're we're seeing these uh the the attacks on on Bernie kind of have stepped up, you know, since the the Warren thing. Because I mean, it's seeming like it's. I mean, it, it, to me, it does seem a little bit organized. You know, I might be crazy and I might be going a little, you know, conspiratorial here, but it does seem organized. You know, you first you get Warren coming in, trying to say about this whole, you know, he's a secret sexist thing. Then you go from that and then Hillary just comes in out of nowhere and throws her hat in the ring talking about nobody likes Bernie, like she's some kind of mean girl. And then... Next thing you know, you hear Obama, rumblings about Obama, you know, trying to go in and, and, and stop Bernie. And, you know, it for all of this stuff to happen just in secession like that, it's, you know, it seems organized. It seemed like it was a concerted effort. Yeah, I think you that's know. the, I mean, I don't know if it's a concerted effort so much as it is there's, you know, Biden's team, whoever that is, whoever they're working with, probably Hillary. I would say, because I think probably Obama's working with Warren. That probably makes the most sense. Maybe, I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Like, I don't know if they're directing traffic so much as they are, you know, like, on board, just whatever, you know. If you bring me a good idea and I'll come out with it. Like, I think that's what Obama's doing. It's not that he is, like, holding off on doing something because he's a good guy or whatever. I think it's a lot about his brand. You know, he is like, his brand is not like Hillary's. Like Hillary can get away with that because her, you know, she's already like 
I don't want to say like known as a scumbag, but like, you know, she's like tough, you know, like that's part of her thing. Right. Um, Obama's much more of like a soft touch, you know, he's much more of like a, I'm going to work together with you. You know, I'm going to like, we're going to, well, I don't know. I don't know how well an Obama attack, like what Hillary tried to do would work. Cause Obama's looked at as, you know, he's, um, like he said, exactly. he's a Sometimes, uniter, you know. What I'm so, saying is he will, he will come out with something when he has something good, you know, I think. Right, and but you know. he like, had a way to, to somehow stop Bernie without damaging his brand, he would 100% do it. And I think this stuff is just, you know, campaign interns, not interns, but like people who work for the campaign who are like leaking this stuff, or not leaking, but like, you know. Mm-hmm talking to their blue check friends, talking to their journalist friends and saying, Hey, you know, you should run this bad thing about Bernie, do that, whatever. You know, I think, I think, kind of think Hillary is a loose cannon. And like, I want to talk about this because I, I disagree. Like a lot of the takes I saw on lefty YouTube today were that Tulsi's, you know, lawsuit doesn't have a chance. I disagree. Like, all right. All right. Yeah. But let's go, let's talk about this because I mean, I, I, uh, you know, we both have legal backgrounds so we can kind of go in this a little bit more than I think of some of the lefty YouTubers, most of them probably can. Yeah. I didn't so, hear anybody um, with an actual analysis with like the legal, you know, definition. Well, the first thing I kept thinking about was what is uh, the defense from Hillary going to be to the complaint, right? So, I mean, obviously, the bar is a lot higher for public figures. You know, you have to prove that there's malice, and that's another thing. I mean, I thought that it would be a problem because he, she didn't directly name her. And also, I mean, the, the, this is not a new smear. This is something else that's kind of been around. So it's not a defamation of character matter. that's, you know, that's originated with, with uh, Hillary, you know? matter it doesn't matter if she came up with it it matters is who she is what position she's in and but also also it matters but but mm -hmm. she is you know she's an authority figure and a uniquely authoritative figure in the american you know experience whatever you want to call it you know she's fucking top bitch in charge right like she's like she says something, people believe her, you know, like in the complaint, Tulsi had polls fighting plenty of people in the early states believed everything she said. They said they trusted her. And they, when she said that Tulsi was a Russian, a Russian agent, they believed it, you know, but and she over, overall, she did get a bump in the polls. So there's I, that. I too. don't know if that's, I mean, I think she did, but that's not to say that, like, that she would. It's not had, to say that it had a bigger bump in the polls. It doesn't mean that the bump coincided with the smear. It just means that you know the bump also occurred. Tulsi, if I was her lawyer, I would say, yeah, she would have been freaking winning this thing if you know the former first lady hadn't called her a Russian spy or whatever. And it's like there's so there's no basis for that, and the complaint even says it. Like she has security clearances. She has access to all these committees and sensitive things if there was any legitimate complaint about her well, having a on the, on the, on the substantive grounds i don't think there's any for the first lady ran her mouth off you know right see so that's why like on the substance of it i mean it's 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 defamation on on that point you know like li- there's no grounds to this russian asset stuff 
Tulsi's not a plant. You know, it's completely ridiculous. She's a service member. She's a member of the House of Representatives. She has, you know, she's on with the Armed Services Committee. I mean, obviously, she's not going to have that kind of access if she's somehow a Russian agent. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, trying to prove this kind of case, I mean... At best, I'm looking at a settlement here. I mean, I think that it's what, it, what it's oh, going to be. Yeah. But, no. but, but more than that, I also think that. Um, but more than that, I also think that Tulsi did this, sort of knowing that there's not going to be probably a outright victory in some kind of trial. You know, more than likely, oh. what she did was. She um she did this to prove a point because you know what if I was Tulsi I'd be tired of hearing that crap too. There's a lot of reasons why she did it. You know I saw mm-hmm. people saying, um, in the chat on like Tim Black was ripping Tulsi earlier. Um, oh really? People, uh, some people were saying they thought you know she's doing this to help Bernie. She's doing this to call out you know like to point to the Clinton's corruption like. You know, there's a lot of different theories I saw, and I think it's a little bit of all of them. I think she thinks, you know, she probably, she, she's, she's, she's no dummy. She, you know, she knows she's not going to win, right? Like, she is either, at, you know, trying to help, you know, a progressive, namely Bernie, like somebody who's not the establishment, because, you know, argue all you want about her, you know, bona fides as a lefty or whatever, she is 100% anti-establishment. I think we can agree on that, you know? Like, yeah. she hates them. She doesn't want them to win, right? Like, so, yeah, I think she wants to help Bernie. I think she, you know, wants to prove her point, wants to show that she, you know, prove she's not a Russian asset, right? Because, like... Which is a ridiculous thing to have to prove. Establishment, but she, well, it's kind of mean, but, like, she might not, you know, she wants the ladies on The View to like her, you know, like... If she can, right? Like, nobody wants them to dislike her like that. Like, those people hate her. They say the meanest things about her. Like, you know, I think that's part of it as well. And I think she does have a good chance. And I also think she wants to, like, here's what's going to happen, you know? Like like, like you said, it's not going to go to trial, right? Because the Clintons aren't going to, they're not going to give up that info, you know? Like, she could subpoena so much sensitive info, like, and it would just prove, like, you know, if, if, if it wouldn't show, if it wouldn't reveal, like, you know, whatever, like, QAnon, like, Clinton, Clinton family, crime family, you know, like, it wouldn't, re- probably wouldn't reveal that. But it could show you that, she, you know, like, her unvarnished personal emails regarding Tulsi, I'm sure they're pretty vicious, right? I'm pretty, like, Tulsi in the complaint says, you know... Here, before bringing the lawsuit, Tulsi wrote to Clinton and advised her of the complete and total falsity of defamatory statements. She also asked Clinton to retract them. She refused to retract them and instead stood by them. And the ordinary and average person who heard and read them additionally understood them to be statements of fact because Clinton portrays herself to the public as the flag bearer for ensuring that truth prevails in speech related to politics. Like, it's... She's trolling her in the complaint, too, a little bit for that part, I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, pointing it out that she portrays herself as that. Like, there's another one in there, too, that was like, you know, she always wanted to be president. Um, is a stranglehold of the Democratic Party. She considered herself the inevitable nominee. Like, you know, 
Clinton a cutthroat politician by any account. Like, there's a lot of stuff in here, and I think you can kind of tell where her head's at just by some of the language in here, um, at least where her team is at, and it's pretty spot on. Like, and this is the this this is the complaint I would have written. You know, like this is perfect, like, mm-hmm. and um, this if it goes, it it there's too much here for it to be dismissed offhand. Like the judge can't. I don't think the judge can look at this and say. No, no, no I don't think you can say, just be maybe dismissed be that right. Exactly. So in that case, the Clintons are going to have to settle because they're not going to air their dirty laundry in court. That's the yeah. bottom line. So Tulsi, either, you know, option A, she takes this to court, and even if she loses, that's going to be so such an epic takedown of the Clintons, right? It'll just be, like, so much dirty laundry, just whatever. That would be like the trial of the century, you know? And if not, then, you know, they could, there's just so many angles too. like, and you know that like cable news would love that. Imagine if Hillary Clinton and Tulsi Gabbard were in some big protracted legal battle, it would be like OJ, you know, it would be unbelievable. People would too. I would tune into that every day, man. You know, people would would be beautiful. So like, that's an outcome that could happen. The other one is she gets a fat payday. You know, she asks for 50 million. So say she gets, you know, five million in a settlement, you know, like that can fund her campaign or set her up nicely for her retirement from, uh, yeah. from Congress. Right, you know? right. Like, this is a win win for the American people and it's a win win for Tulsi. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea at all for what she did. You know, it's just like the the thing about it is I don't I don't mean I think she has a legit enough case for there to be a settlement. I don't think she has a legit enough case for there to actually be a victory just because of, you know, who she is and, you know, she's a public figure. It was just, there's a high bar when it comes to public figures. I don't know. Let's pull up my outline here. Okay. I, I disagree there, man. I, I definitely, like... Okay, I so what's a what's precedent for a public idiot. figure case to win a defamation lawsuit? I mean, this... This would be like that's what I'm saying. There's no precedent. Like this would be, um, <laughs> or this. I don't remember any case this explosive. In, in I mean, and, I'm definitely not this explosive. But I'm talking about just a simple, you know, just a straight up public figure defamation case that they ended up being right, able to it, win that one. See, this is all right. So, like, you know, the um, my freaking outline here. Um, just like the the relative stature of the two of them, the fact that they're both public figures, like, like I'm, I'm saying, I can't remember like a case like this where there was just this, and it's such a public issue too. Like this part of the standard is to the public figure, is it a public issue of concern? You know, is it something that people care I mean, about? Like it's just, it would be a singular case, like, and you know, I'm here for it, bro. Like, I really, yeah, I really hope this goes forward. I really hope we get to see this happen. Like, you know, it. Like I said, it would be good for the American people just to have this. Just imagine just seeing like this elite family. Just you know. Okay. Okay. So, so the think it would be great for the so people. for so for a libel or for slander, a public figure has to prove that the particular uh, publisher of this information um, 
act, you know, published false statements and acted with actual malice. So the actual malice is that the publisher either knew the statements were false or acted with reckless disregard with whether they were true or false. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I think you have that element. You have that element, right? Because I think so. Like Tulsi says, she she has all these sensitive clearances. She, you know, is in all these types highly sensitive places, if there was any concern that she was somehow affiliated with a foreign government, that would have been aired in the proper channels, and Hillary Clinton definitely has access to whatever kind of background check, like... Well, I mean, Hillary has had a, had a lifetime as, you uh-huh. know, she's a, she's a lifelong politician, so she would know... Secretary right, wow. I mean, she was a Secretary of State... First lady, senator from New York, first lady of Arkansas, you know, she knows politics well enough to know that there is no grounds to just accuse Tulsi of being a Russian asset, you know, so just just for, you know, just for context, in a normal defamation suit, the standard is negligence, so... If uh, someone goes and slanders or libels you, then they just we just need to meet a negligence standard to be able to win a defamation suit. But when you're talking about public figures, you know you have to prove that actual malice. Now, I mean, I think that that's there to a certain degree. To be fair, it is a high standard. It is hard to prove. It is like that's something that is very difficult to show, especially if it's. Yeah, like I said, this is a singular case because it's a public figure defaming another very public figure about a very yes. public issue of concern, Russian meddling. This is a huge, you know, like this is people have been talking about this nonstop. Like this is the case to this is the, you know, the um, like requiem of Russia Gate or whatever the, um, you know, the. Uh, referendum on it you know the review like that because like if she was going to try and defend herself and prove that she had actual reason to believe she was working with the russians this would just you know all the stuff that you know like trump's people are starting to allege that like you know hillary's people were working with the ukrainians like all this stuff like you know this is this is so on brand for the state of u.s politics this would be ridiculous but i think what you said like it's they can't control it you know like this wouldn't be something that they could control i mean i'm sure they could right they could just get you know get it like you know removed to a, a friendly venue like it would be hard because it's you know it was filed in you know in southern district in new york and you know i think you know, whatever venue, whatever, um, what's it called? Um, not precinct. I can't even think of it. Yeah, venue, whatever venue she, Hillary Clinton lives in, you know, it's like the appropriate one. Um, you know, she couldn't claim that there was, you know, a valid reason. Um, you know, she couldn't claim that there's a valid reason for having to get it removed, which, you know, that's usually the, the precedent. Uh-huh. And it, you know, it'll go forward there. That court, I think, traditionally has kind of had some degree of independence. There's no way that, you know, Bob, what's his name, Bill Barr, he's not going to like do anything to help, you know, Hillary avoid this rap, you know. So like, 
there's no kind of like federal injunction. Like they're they're, they're not going to step in. This would be, you know, like I think the freaking the Republicans are probably all over this, right? You think they would love uh-huh. this? Like, Obviously, they can still fuck us, right? Well, you know? yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, so... I mean, that's... We're worried about that, the systemic stuff a little bit where, where you know, we come in and we talk about, you know, uh, will Bernie be able to secure a majority on the first ballot, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and it's scary that, you know, like, Warren's people and Biden's people seem to be friendly, you know, like, I don't know, you know, uh-huh. they could pull their delegates. But then again, it's like, it's one of those brand things I said, you know. Well, I mean, like, I, I got a comment earlier about that. You know, I was worrying about, you know, pulling your delegates and doing all that kind of stuff, too. But look at what it what happens after the first ballot is your delegates are free to vote whoever they want to. They're they're not. It's not like a candidate can commit their delegates to another candidate. if That's what they want to do. So, you know, with, with um, Warren's people, I mean, they're free to go to vote for Bernie if they want to. They're free to go for Biden. It doesn't have to be. I don't think it works that way, though. I think once they have the delegates, you know, like, say Liz goes and gets 12% from all the states or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or say she gets 15%. Like, I don't think, I don't know if you have to get 15% in every you state. You have to. You have to get fifteen percent in that state to get delegates from that state. In every single state, though. Yes, in every it. single state, every single state in every primary, you have to ma- make that fifteen percent mark. So anybody below that fifteen percent mark, you know the the delegates they don't get awarded delegates. But the thing about it is the the candidate does not control their delegates, so they're pledged on the first ballot and they're free on every ballot after. You see, so that. Oh. But once they get the all right, so say say Snake Emoji Lady gets fifteen percent in Iowa and you know, a bunch of other states, so she's got, you know, whatever, some delegates mm-hmm. and then, you know, come on man, gets some, you know, a lot of delegates, I guess, like almost as many as Bernie. Uh huh. Like, Bernie has to get more than the two of them combined. You know, I that they will she would do that, you know. They would but, do right, that. But that's the thing, though. Is I mean, that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Is, is the thing. She would have a hard time saying, you know, I'm still on the left or whatever. She'd say, like, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still progressive. After having the opportunity to team up with Bernie and instead mm-hmm. choosing, literally, like the probably you know one of the worst Democrats in our lifetimes, like just on uh-huh. every measure. All right, so it's apparent that Tulsi, like that, that Tulsi, Tulsi, will um, that that case it can't go to court, right? There's no way it won't go to court. I mean, it, I think it has merit. Thirty lines, yeah, right. So mm-hmm. I think, like what you said, like what I said, once it gets past, you know, once the judge reviews the complaint and takes, you know, sets it sets the trial date. Um, they're going to have to settle, right? They're going to have like, to settle. There's no way they air all that dirty laundry. But, you know, 
No. Either no. way, it's a win-win for Tulsi. It further endears her to so. the right. It further makes her into, you know, a... It cements her... It does cement her hatred. Like, the people who hated her are going to hate her more, right? She yes. probably pissed off a few other people who didn't quite hate her as much, who hate her more. Like, however, I think, you know, unlike Chuck Schumer's batshit, you know, like, lose the working class for the suburbanites take, I think she's going to actually pick up two right-wingers for every one liberal she loses, you know? And I think, you know, I think Kyle's take was good about that. Like, it's she's the attack dog, you know? She, you know, Bernie doesn't like to go hard, you know? Well, obviously. you see, that's the, that's the thing. reasons was... for that, but, you know... Well, I mean, I, I don't think, think that that's really... She brings in more right-wingers in the general than she chases away in the primary, especially if he doesn't announce her until after the primary's over. And I also think that that was a bold take for Kyle. I feel like he wouldn't, you know, like, he, what, he wouldn't uh, come out name, like that. To name Tulsi, to say uh, that's his VP choice? To publicly that he... advocate for her like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he well, was on Rising this morning and... Right, you know, right. Well, I mean... So this is the thing, like I, I was, you know, I, I, you know, listen to Kyle every day, but I mean, the thing about this is I, I came back more on what I was hearing uh, from Tim Black and, you know, Tim Black was, was trying to say is that, you know, we, you know, we're used to campaigns being incompetent, you know, but I don't think Bernie's campaign is incompetent. Now we understand that Bernie is not the type to go and do those kinds oh, of attacks, you know, now we're, we're, we know that. Bernie is just not the type to do those kinds of things. You know, he's not the type to attack in a certain way. And I was disappointed when he did that apology for, for Biden. But, you know, I sat back and I tried to understand it a little bit. Yes, bro. Huh? Yeah, that was 4D chess. Yeah, you see what I'm talking like? So I think yeah. that a lot of people on the left, and you know, including Kyle, I think that want to see more aggression out of Bernie. I think we want to see him kind of be like the uh, a lefty version of Trump too much and i think that we want to see him go go out and and just go full scorched earth you know let's say yeah. you know they're corrupt these taking money they're you know they're you know they want to go full brash open just bashing these people the high hell you know and lord knows they deserve it but i don't think that that wouldn't and you know i think that that might work by all means that might work but the thing about it is i don't think that's the only way a populist can win you know, and I didn't think about it like that, but I think that it's true. I think that Bernie can win by being above the fray as well. He's got, yeah, he's got such a hard road path to, to, to you know, to Pharaoh, right? To, to, to trailblaze. Like, that's, he's got to be above reproach in every category, right? Yes. Financially, no corruption, no greed, no graft, no, you know, anything that they can, you know, he basically can't have anything good have ever happened to him in his entire life. You know what I mean? Like the way they weaponize it, like, you know, he probably, you know, the Russian vacation, right? He probably has had like a handful of nice vacations in his life and right. that they toilet it for him, right? Like his shitty little car and his shitty little house, like, and, you know, he's the cheap Jew because he has three houses after he made a million dollars. Like, he just can't have anything nice at all. He can't be anything above absolute 100% woke throughout the 
decades, right? He can't say like anything that like doesn't gel with the modern, you know, intersectionality viewpoint on race relations and, you know, trans rights and gay rights and all these things that, you know, oddly enough, he was the only person talking about that stuff throughout the vast majority of this time period. You know, famously, Hillary Clinton was against gay marriage until 2013, right? Yes. Like, Even Obama was. You know, people exactly. want to so rewrite history like if you know, Obama was the most woke president. But, I mean, the thing about it is, you know, you can look up a video of throw out his, like, pastor because his pastor was, like, a little too real about racial shit, right? Remember that? Right. When he was running yes. the first time? He, like, exactly. Like, he, to insane. Like, that that alone, right? If Bernie had some longtime, you know, rabbi that he threw under the bus, that would just be scorched earth, right? Like, right. and that's just because one that, other that's category. The, he, that's... On top of that, too, he can't be mean to anybody. He can't be aggressive in any way. He can't point his finger at them. He can't shake his head or wag his hips or shrug his I mean, shoulders. I mean, imagine if like, Bernie did what Biden did to that reporter the other anything, day. I mean, anything like that. But even throughout the decades, if he had like one controversial, like, you know, not even heterodox to the normal, but like, you know, to his own philosophy, he can't have any inconsistencies. He has to be fully left, but also fully palatable for the centrist. And, like, that's such a hard freaking road to walk. Anybody who says the campaign is not, like, the best in the business by far is full of shit. Like, that, so few people learned the lessons from 2016. They learned the lessons that built up to 2016. They witnessed the disappointment of Obama, the disappointment of all the anti-war movement, all things, all this stuff was thwarted. And they alone are uniquely poised to know, you know, like the stuff that we talk about, like how to win, how to be a populist without, you know, being a demagogue, like basically, right? Mm -hmm. And just having to appease all of these establishment institutions that are so dead set on how to get us, and then all the rubes who buy their, you know, their... (laughs) their nonsense, their CIA talking points about Bernie, whatever it is, like that's so hard to do, right? And mm-hmm. he's done it masterfully. People have been arguing this whole time that he needs to go harder, he needs to do X, Y, and Z, like he needs to, you know, like he needs to call her Pocahontas or whatever, just whatever, just insane stuff, like hardcore. Right. Burn it it's all like, down. You know, maybe that doesn't work for actually Bernie. Winning. And he can't. Like he no. can't do. Like, you saw I him. Mean, you saw articles can... about the way he pointed his fingers. Like the people on the View were talking about the way he like pointed at them. Like that. Uh, what's her name? Sunny. Wasn't Sunny or no? Amanda Huntsman was saying that when he when she was on Bill Maher with him that he like leaned in front of her. Or something like the way that he was like pointing his arm and it was like in front of her face and it's just anything at all is this the body language expert like every Uh, single uh. thing right and then the fact that he's done it this well so far without giving them any fodder without giving any giving an inch to any special interest to any like you know like ideologically misaligned 
factor, like, or a consensus group. Like, he's not selling out one constituency to appease the farmers in Iowa. Like, everything is there. It's a complete worldview, and he's managed to do it, right? And I want him to win. That's the campaign I want him to run. I don't need mm-hmm. to see him embarrass the rivals. I don't care. Like, it's, it's embarrassing enough that they live their lives like that publicly. Oh, like I yes, you the, see, the, and the I, internet exists. People who care to know know that those people are terrible. I don't need it to be proven to the normies. You know, I just want to win. Yes, like, and, and start see, and I don't, and yeah. and you we'll know what? What later? Well, I mean, look at what what went on after that apology. Just kind of you know proved it, where it was kind of a thing where everybody was kind. Of, you know, there were people I saw. I'm not going to donate to Bernie anymore because of this apology. I'm like. Like, dude, yeah, yeah, it's like the Jimmy Dore stuff, right? Like, yeah, and and I mean, like, like, he's been going up and up and up this entire time, right? And And we're about to, and the guy had a heart attack. He had a heart attack in the middle of the freaking campaign, and he's still, you know, poised to win, right? But I mean, so you know, we have, so we have people like that, and we're looking at, you know, we're we're less than two weeks out, and. You know, we're less than two weeks out, and we're we're starting to to you know we saw that go on after this apology. But you know what? Maybe maybe there was a reason for that. Maybe they didn't just do it just to do it. You know, and what is it? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, man, he knew that attack ad was cut. Biden's people are incompetent. They couldn't put the video together that quickly. Ernie knew that that video was there. The attack ad against him was there before he made the apology. The apology was his damage control saying, I'm, a, you know, I'm really sorry I'm that a, my highly right. act, that my was... accurately called out your corruption. Right. And the article's still there. So, you can't say that it's 100% true. It's not, you know. Well, I mean, like, that's right. It's, I mean, it's not a wrong article, but I mean, you got to think about it like this. You know, it's like what you said, 40 chess. So Bernie does the apology. The article's still there. It's kind of like, you know, you object in court, but, you know, you say the statement anyway, even though you say withdrawn. You know? Another but, example of how fine of a line he has to walk because he couldn't call out his corruption because of the impeachment trial because he had to appease the. Yes. Establishment dense, right? He had to be in line with them. He had to not give Trump fodder, whatever. So, at the same time, he had to be tough enough for the left to be satisfied with his response to Biden, right? Right, and and I think that he did that because right after that stupid attack ad dropped from Biden, I mean, Bernie had that ready to go on a Twitter response, like nailed them. And Did now we, we can't be called like we're the ones going low. You know what I mean? Like that's masterful stroke exactly. and genius as usual. Exactly. It was a really it's brilliant cool. moment. You know, I got to give cool. that one up to Bernie, and he knew, he knew he knew better than I did. His team knew better than I did because I mean I was full on against that apology, but you know, in this way, he looks like he's just you know over here not trying to sing in the mud, but Biden's trying to drag him down in the mud. You know, that's kind of what it comes across as to me. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I think it's coming across to the people, man. I think Mm -hmm. they see it. They see that nobody else can handle it. They see, like, that South Carolina official that just flipped, right? Right. He said that, you know, Bernie's the guy to beat him. Like, he's the guy that has what it takes. Like, he's, you know, got the right mix of, you know, 
ideology and, and rhetoric and movement and clean, like his clean record. Like, it's what I'm saying. It's like Bernie's team learned the lessons of 2016. Very few other people did. The people who are coming around now are seeing that. People like Peter Dow, like you said, like he saw the light. He saw that that's the way to challenge power. That's the way to challenge Trump. You have to have, Bernie has, you have to have the impeccable record. Like they all keep saying, he's seen all the dirt. His record, there's nothing there for Trump to weaponize. Everybody else has that liability. And people are starting to come around to that. They're seeing that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they're also seeing wait, this guy is not full of shit and he actually wants to help us. You know, like, I don't care what you say about radicalism. That's what I mean. Nobody is going to, you know, eat the the fear of socialism, whatever they're going to try and do. It's, you know, it's looking really good. It's looking really good for Team Bernie. You know, like, I think... Well, I mean, speaking of looking good, I mean, I wanted to do a little bit of a different kind of analysis than you get to see in most places, you know, because... You know, everybody talks about the RCP averages, we talk about the polling, and we talk, you know, what I have been looking at more recently are the, the betting odds, and how those have been changing. You know, so, uh, what we see nationally is still, you know, Biden is getting about 35% um, odds versus Bernie's about 30%. Now, see, these are all individual um, odds for each contest. Now, as one of these contests go one way or another, those those uh, national odds can change. So you go start looking at starting with Iowa. Bernie has the best odds to win right now. He's at forty percent odds. New Hampshire, he's even doing even better. He's at sixty three percent. And if you look at uh, Nevada, he's getting one to one, which is about a fifty percent shot at winning. Whereas a uh, Biden is about forty seven percent. Now, if those odds hold up. You know, and you're talking about Bernie winning the first three contests. You know, what is that going to do to the odds when it comes to the race? What's that going to do to everything else? I mean, people are starting to think about who's electable. You know, that changes that changes the complexion of the entire race, having one candidate sweep the first three. And I was trying to think, when's the last time a candidate actually swept? Iowa, New Hampshire, and the Nevada are the third contest. You know, because uh, Obama didn't do it. I think Obama didn't, yeah. Obama didn't do it. Hillary didn't do it. I mean, I you probably have to go back to, what, Bill Clinton in 92? Yeah, I think Bill Clinton was pretty much... I, I kind of remember him being the consensus pick all along, so that's mm -hmm. some, that, that might have been the case, but, I mean, I was too young, so... Right. But I think that's probably accurate. And, yeah. I don't think there's any way Biden support, you know, because Biden has that, like, the South, right? Isn't that, like, where he, Bernie loses it, correct? Like, he'll get... Well, that, that's, the, that's, the going, the that's the going thought right now, but then I saw another poll, you know, just to go back to the yeah. polls for a little bit, but, you know, that, you know, get a, Bernie's outperforming in Georgia now. Yeah, you know? I saw that one, but Georgia has a lot, I mean, you know, I think most of the population of Georgia is still urban, like, the people who live in Atlanta, right? <clears throat> Well, I think that's probably, you know, campaign-wise, I think it's probably easier to reach those people than it is to reach some of the more sparse, you know, not... The South is not sparsely populated, it's just most of it is, like, you know, I lived in Atlanta for, you know, 10 years, like, mm -hmm. or not 8 years, but it's, like, there's a lot of... It's evenly distributed, you know, there's, like, a lot of people everywhere, right? 
Right. You know? And I don't know, you know, I don't know how you would reach some of those older, like less online people, but listening to some of the updates, like Phil Bagney gave on Tim Black last night, like a, you know, the way they've prioritized it, the way the kind of campaign they've run in South Carolina is really, you know, makes me hopeful, right? But I'm not concerned. The one concern I have is not South Carolina, though. It would be the rest of the cell. But I guess the strategy is you, you know, focus on Georgia and South Carolina and everybody else will follow suit, you know? Well, I mean, we got to think about what happened. would add up for Biden, you know, even if he did get all those delegates in the South, I just don't see him being able to get enough anywhere else. And, you know, obviously nobody else has a shot at this point. Right. I mean, people are right. I mean, it's it's, what are the odds on everybody else? Well, (laughs) okay. So we'll go, we'll, we'll go look at a couple of these guys. All right. So. I mean, it is a two-person race as far as the betting odds go. So we're looking at um, at Elizabeth Warren in Nevada, for example, right? So she's getting ten to one odds right now. You know what I mean? So yeah, ten to one. That's you know, Bernie has a fifty percent shot. Uh, Warren is about like a it's like a ten percent shot. And what's Biden? Uh, he is about forty-seven percent in Nevada. Okay. Um, does she have any states where she's performing better? Or how about Mayor Pete? Does he have anything where he's, you know, over- Um, all right. So, well, the, what, uh, Mayor Pete's strategy has been to throw all his money into Iowa, right? Yeah. So just to, just to give you a little bit of like an example of the, the disparity here. So, uh, Bernie. He was looking good at the. New Hampshire. Okay, so let's look at New Hampshire first. Then. All right, so uh, New Hampshire. Where is this thing? All right, so right now, like I said, Bernie is getting like about 63% odds right now. Now, Buttigieg is about, um, let's see, the let's see, two, so. Yeah, Mayor Pete is about 20% odd. 20% chance of winning, according to the betting line, in New Hampshire. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean... Similar in Iowa, or is he left in Iowa? I see, and then, uh, well, let me, let me get you Biden first in in, uh, in New Hampshire. So, um, actually, you know what? The 20% was, was Biden. Buttigieg is at a 12% shot in New Hampshire. How about, how about Ryan Liz? Uh, Miss Liz. Emoji lady. Uh, emoji lady. Snake emoji lady. <laughs> uh, Warren is about 11%. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you can see that, I mean, that New what Hampshire. Are you in California? What's oh, California? here we go. Let's, let's look at, let's look at California. Now that one, that one gets interesting. I think, uh, Bernie was still leading that. Let's see. Yeah, he's still leading that. I thought Kamala was going to endorse Joe Biden. You see that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure she is. It's not a really a big surprise. I mean, you know, I'm not all that shocked. Do you think it'll you help? Um, no, I I don't think that's gonna gonna Joe do Biden's done. I kind of think Joe Biden's done, man. I think. I mean, I'm not gonna really go and wrap up Biden yet in a nice bow, <laughs> but uh, okay. So California, <laughs> Cal- California. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty clear, but I mean, they're still covering for him to a certain degree, but uh, Biden, I mean, Bernie is getting 42%, uh, gets a 42% shot at winning in Cali, and um, uh, Biden, he is at, let's see here, he's at 36%, so we got, we, we have the odds in, in, the, in California, in uh, Nevada and uh, and Iowa. Now, do you know the one you mentioned, South Carolina? Uh, the last I saw, Biden has about an eighty-seven percent shot at winning that one. What? Eighty-seven percent. New polls. For for South Carolina, for, I'm telling you, South Carolina. Yeah, that one's still holding up together for Biden pretty well. But the thing about it is, you Isn't know, our advice thing. Which one? The black and brown review or whatever it was called, the thing that Vice did. No, I didn't catch that. Oh, dude, He's, they're like challenging him on some of the polls. They're like, you know, like Bernie's been catching up on the, um, you know, the poll among like black voters or whatever, or something like that. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm, I'm the tops or whatever. And he was just, you know, <laughs> just typical. Come on, man. Just you know, whenever they challenge him at all, he just said, "Come on, man." Like, it, oh. he's not going to be able to. Keep it he's, together he's for not, any amount of time. He's not, he's going to implode before, like just you know, pray he doesn't somehow let like find a way to like cheat and get the domination because he would get his ass handed to him. But like <laughs> he's going to implode before Iowa. Like he's got that like mean old man energy, you know, and he's going to have <laughs> to be, he's going to have to be in Iowa every day. Right, because everybody else is in DC, right. and that's gonna be his thing. Like I'm here, like you know, I'm doing Iowa shit with y'all, and he's gonna just, you know, the heat's coming from Bernie. That's the other thing about Bernie's people too is like they know their enemy. Like they're not dumb. Like just like compare the type of shit that you hear from you know Bernie's camp versus the stuff you hear the disingenuous nonsense you hear from everybody else. Like. They know what they're doing. They they can smell the blood in the water, right? They right. know they're going to pressure him in just the right way. And he's going to crack. Like, he can't take any kind of confrontation at all. Any oh, challenge. I mean, you've seen that over and over. Man, I mean, when it came to the... People. I mean, call the voter fat, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean... That's what I mean. And people aren't... Like, even if the national press doesn't cover it, you bet that, like, the Iowa press is going to cover it if he... Yes. Voters or yells at a journalist. That's why, you know, I wasn't sure why they didn't come out with that social security attack well before or just lead off with it. But I think that they weren't banking too much on the senior citizen uh, vote. They kind of figured that Biden was going to have the the grip on that contingency at first. But then when it came to older voters and they needed to make sure and ensure the win, Bernie turned up the heat on that because it's a winning issue and I'm glad they went and finally exposed it because Biden has such a terrible record when it comes to social security and there's you know, one Senator issue Turner is making that case in South Carolina too with Killer Mike and Philip Agnew yes. like they're those people are you know I gotta think that if Senator Nina is like you know if she's doing talks every day in South Carolina, it's only a matter of time before they see the light, you know? Right. And 
they don't care. You know, I would think they would care less with the ladies of the view and that kind of, you know, like lib, like, you know, DC, New York, liberal, like establishment things, right. Mm -hmm. They don't, are not going to, you know, they think they probably resented a lot when a bunch of like, you know, old wine moms are like saying mean shit to Nina, you know? Yes. None of that stuff's going to work. Overtake them with our own efforts, mm-hmm. you know, our, you know, revolutionary, like, you know, like ground game or, you know, he does it to himself with his like, you know, mean old man energy. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So then back to the odds a little bit that. here on, uh, in Iowa, uh, Biden actually has 30, he's getting nine to four. So that's a 31% shot. Um, Elizabeth Warren, the same something? thing. Bernie, Bernie's getting forty percent, and uh, Biden's at thirty-one. Yeah, man. I think just as, like like we were saying earlier too. Like Bernie has so much more money than those fools too. You know. Yes. He has so much more money. So many more volunteers. So many more doors being knocked on. Nobody has the. Um, Ground game. Budacic is getting 15% in Iowa right now. Let's pull up. I saw something so, about you see when, uh, you know, when it, So, you see, when it, when it comes to these, like the betting odds, I mean, it's just a difference from the polls because if you're looking just at the polls, you're thinking that it's a four way race in some cases. You know what I mean? But you can see that things just drop way off the damn map after Bernie and Biden when it comes to the you know to the betting odds. Looking at her event, see, I don't know if I believe these are real. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh God, like I hate to say it, but her supporters are really annoying. Who's not the fake emoji lady? Like oh jeez that. They were annoying before. Before I liked them, you know, like in the summertime, and we were all on the same team. They were cool, but they, um, the ones who are still with her after the events of the last few weeks, are, you know, obviously bonkers. Yeah, she doesn't have any kind of map of her event. Did she you doesn't. No. <sighs> they got dirt, you know. A bad campaign. Looks like I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like if mm-hmm. these people had a lot of events, they would have it listed like a map. You know that there's no, you know, there's just no comparison. Like Bernie couldn't have his events listed like this. You know, like this is Joe Biden's events, right? Uh huh. Like, ours would just be pages and pages and pages of events. Like it, you know. So they don't have anything like the map? No. Because they're scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look at our map. Like Our map, you know, there were so many events booked in Iowa, you could see the shape of the state. And where are they? Well, look at where the, you could see South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Nina, Killer Mike. New Hampshire, you know, completely covered. I mean, look at how many, you can, you know, you can tell the major cities right there in Nevada, too. Look at all those, all those little events right there, right around the Las Vegas area. Yep. 
California is booked up. You can see the whole state is dotted up. Look at all the, there's one in Chile. Jesus, what are, my man how, are there, how are there Bernie events? Out, I didn't even know there was outside of the country Bernie events. Yeah, man. <laughs> European ones. Like I said, it's they're, they don't know what to do, man. They're, they're so screwed. Like, they, you know, are scrambling so hard. Like, mm-hmm. love to see it, folks. You love to see it. getting his ass handed to him in the polls, you know, and it's just like he starts getting, like, dropping attendance at the rallies. Like, you think Joe Biden's pissed off, you know, like, where do you see that guy when he starts seeing the writing on the wall? God, look at Iowa. That is booked up. Man, that's wall-to-wall events. Man, I'm starting to think that maybe they're underestimating the odds now. <laughs> you know, we be... think Trump's we, thinking... You think he's terrified? Trump is doing his his usual stick. I think Trump is going about his usual thing where he's going to try and get Bernie to go easy on him. He's trying to get Bernie to like him now. I think, think? That's what his ta- I think that's what his tactic is. Because Trump, has a, very, Trump has a very limited playbook. Did you see this John Delaney thing I tweeted earlier? No, no. What, what did you send out? article in the Atlantic, like, why is John Delaney still running? Oh, well, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Somebody on the event support sent it to me tonight. Um, oh, now he's got some Islamophobic stuff. Joe Biden mailer targeting Iowa voters uses sinister image of Iran. Like, it's completely possible, like, he he does platform right-wingers, right? That's That's definitely something he does, right? But I think he challenges them enough where it counts, you know, and that's kind of the sense I got. Like, I always, like, you know, when I started listening to Rogan, like, I listened when Elon was on, you know, like, and I, you know, didn't agree with everything Rogan said, but I thought, you know, he was good, you know, he was good. Like, you know, he, like, did his job well. He, like, had interesting conversations with people and challenged them a little bit. And, you know, like, delved into important stuff, you know, in a, a, a good, you know, like, I felt like he did a good job as an interviewer. Like, it wasn't about, you don't, like, the show works because he doesn't pick fights with people he disagrees with on, you know, not major issues or whatever it is, you know. Yes. And, like, very few people say that, like, you know, like, Jordan Peterson, for instance, right? I feel like that's somebody they all hate because, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, right? And, you know, Rogan doesn't challenge him, right? But, like, he he's not, like, being indoctrinated by him. Like, and he's not letting him indoctrinate his people. Like, you know, just letting the guy have his discussion, like, and 
not fighting with him about his exact, you know, specific like ideology every five minutes is what makes it interesting. You know, like you can critique it after the fact, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I, I like Rogan. Like he opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. Like I, you know, I think that's probably where I like first heard, you know, Kyle Kalinsky and people like that, you know, Pac-Man. And, you know, I'm living proof that it doesn't work the way they say it works. You know, like people who have like hateful beliefs, that's not something that people can, I think you have to have something, I don't want to say broken inside of you or whatever, but you have to come to the discussion with a different mindset than somebody who's just trying to, you know, figure out a correct worldview, you know, like you are bringing your own baggage to that discussion, I think to get out of that thinking, you know, whatever bigoted stuff they think about trans seems to be like his take on trans people, which, you know, like we already discussed is, Mm -hmm you know, completely earned. Yes. Funnel some more people to the alt-left. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Description. Yeah. I think so. (sighs) Well. Now, um... Yeah. You said that uh, you were out doing um, some stuff for the campaign tonight, right? And you said that things went pretty well. Yeah, well, I'm just onboarding a new uh, event support team. We should mm-hmm. do a, um, we should plug volunteer opportunities, right? Like, we should tell people to go to com slash volunteer. Well, I mean, that's the thing about, you know, the the volunteer squad is there is just so much that um, you're put in the right direction to do something right off the bat, you can go in and contribute in some way and feel like you're making some kind of difference, you know, whether it's helping the people with events and whether it's phone banking, text banking, social media, you know, you feel like you're a part of a big organization, you know, and there's so many great ways to be able to to contribute. Yeah. That's the strategy. It's like get people on board and give them as much responsibility as they can handle. That's exactly great about it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are not living up to their potential, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. It's like when you don't have a a movement for positive change, that's what opens the door to the you know the bad negativity on the other side, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. but you know, like the the thing. Like, you know, aimless millennials, right? Right. You know, and downwardly mobile. But you know, like the the thing that I that I got, you know, you know, with the with volunteering and just comparing to what goes on across the board, and like I'm sure they all have, you know, I thought they had some kind of infrastructure, but just from you know anecdotal evidence, you know, granted, but still, it's just seems like Bernie just has so much more working with them when it comes to not just the number of volunteers, but what 
they're able to do with the volunteers. And it's a lot of people I know are supportive of Bernie online and, and, and what have you, but I think they're hesitant to go ahead and take that step to volunteer for whatever reason. But, you know, if you go on and you, and you, you know, start volunteering, you'll see that there is something for you to do on whatever given team that you find yourself, um, find yourself on, you know, you can do something and you can do something meaningful. And, but the, the bigger thing is, you need to have somebody, you have to have a campaign that motivates people enough to want to go ahead and do that. Yeah, that's what we're seeing as well. That's another reason why the establishment doesn't know what to do. You know, like, they are seeing this and it's just in every category. How do they compete? You know, like, how can they even begin to, you know, cobble together some sort of functional response to like what we've got going on you know like looking up everybody else's you know, grassroots support there's none of it there's right nobody volunteering for them there's no events there's you know i don't know what kind of uh you know offices they have like it sounds like they don't have the kind of you know ground staff you know mm-hmm. bloomberg does but you know, there's a difference between somebody getting motivated because you're getting paid and another thing to be motivated because you really believe in what the candidate is standing for. Talking like, you know, staff members on the ground. I think I heard 80, 80 paid staff for him and for us Mm -hmm. matched what we had, I think. Um, Staff members are good because they motivate, they, they corral the volunteers. Yes. Up, you know, like when I was in Iowa this week, there's mm-hmm. a handful of staff people and then just dozens of volunteers and the staff people like direct traffic for the volunteers. They, right. I mean, like, how did how did that go in Iowa? I mean, what's the feeling that you were getting over so there? It was so cold. It was so cold. That's all I took <laughs> away from Like I had a couple good conversations, like talk to that Steyer bro. That was nice. Um, yeah. I got to try out my new, you know. I basically was like, no, Steyer's my number two. I was like, just like reading off that script, you know, like. Right. They didn't give us any, they didn't, definitely didn't give us any notes, you know. They were just like, you have like the script on your phone, but it's, it was so cold. Like, I was Are like, you going to your phone when it's that cold? Well, you had to. You had to do it, like, because you have to use the app, like the minivan app. Okay. So you have to go look at the phone, like, tell you what house the next house is. You don't go to every house. You go to, like, the ones that have, you know, you know, Democrats or, you know, Bernie people in them. And you have to take the phone out and, like, look at it and, like, check out the boxes and stuff. So you have to, like, have your fingers out, too. It was just so cold. Like, and, like, I had on such a warm jacket. <laughs> but the, it was so cold that you... Even with, like, I got this brand new, like, you know, negative 30 L.L. Bean parka, and I was great. And then I fell in the snow one time, and after that, it was just, just my hand never got recovered, you know. Like, it was just <laughs> taking the glove off, and my hands were just, like, red, just painful. I had to keep using the phone the whole time. So, 
that's pretty much all I remember. Like I had the good conversation with the Steyer bro and I told him, you know, I told him, look, I like what Tom Steyer has to say too. You know, well, I mean, you know, I have mixed true. feelings but, on Tom Steyer. You know, but, like for me. But here's the thing: he says the same things Bernie says, but he Bernie he's does. got your track record of fighting for those well, things. That's, okay, that's why. I mean, it's it like to me. Uh, at the end of the day, this dude is not going about it in a way of somebody that actually believes the things that Bernie believes. You know, Tom Steyer went out and he did a misleading campaign circling around his campaign with impeachment in order to get enough, pull, you know, uh, a donation support. You I know, don't really care, sh- though. He's further left than almost every I mean, other I don't know that he's His further left. I know that he says that he's further left, but, I mean, really, why would you go and do that? You know, you do this shady way to backdoor your way into the debates, and then on top of that, the only reason you're buying relevancy into the polls is because you're a billionaire, and you can spend $100, billion, $100 million on uh, campaign ads and, and get your name out there. You know, I'm when I was... Yeah, I'm, I was telling the story of how I convinced somebody to not vote for him. I'm not saying he's worthy of your vote. I'm just. Oh saying no, 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 no! But that, that's not what I, that's not what I was. No, no, no! That's not what I was saying though. What I, what I was meaning I don't is think that. He's that bad, what I, is what I'm getting at? <laughs> like he's handled well, himself with more integrity this campaign than just about any other candidate, any other competitor. They've all stabbed Bernie in the back or the front or wherever. I mean, I don't know what Tom Steyer is really about, though. Like, I can't really say oh, for sure that good. he's... Okay, that's good. What did you say? I mean, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't... Okay, I good. mean, I, 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 what I mean is, like, I can't really gauge where Tom Steyer is really at on the political spectrum. I don't know if he's just going out there trying to... If, if he's really... A you know benevolent billionaire out there trying to go and and fight for the same things that Bernie is fighting for. I mean, I'm yeah, not ready. To believe, you know, I'm not ready but, to really believe that. But he understands what has to happen, and he and he understands the type of rhetoric. Like he's somebody who learned from 2016. That's what I keep saying is because nobody seems to have learned from it. Like okay. I just can't believe snake emoji lady is going to try to run that kind of campaign. I just don't know where I thought that she understood, you know, the populism, like she understood like, you know, left populism that was with the prescription, you know, and the fact that she was so quick to just, you know, cave to these, like, you know, I mean, she did what, Every other politician does. She did what I every other politician did. As soon as, as soon as they got, as soon as she got pressure, as soon as she got pressure, pivot to the center. Pivot to the I center. I don't understand why she thought that would work, though. I thought she understood because that that was That's conventional wisdom. That's conventional political wisdom. Is that when in doubt, you turn tail to the center. I mean, that's the same thing that happened with Bethel's campaign when it came. To, why didn't Bethel beat Cruz? You know, he didn't. One of the Biggest, biggest reasons that he didn't beat Cruz and bring it actually, you know, actually bring that race home. At the last minute, he turned away from from what was working, from the populism. He turned back towards the center again, you know, right, right, right close to the end. And it's kind of like, and then what did he do when he turned 
and and ran for president. Complete turn, and he was a complete centrist. You never heard him talk about free public college or Medicare for all. You know, he turned completely away from it. You could win without offering anybody anything. Like you're, everyone was trying to run on this campaign of "I'm not Trump," which you know has been pretty much like the Pelosi Democrats strategy since he won is like oh look how great we are compared to this guy and like yeah like i guess that works if you're in congress and you're okay with your you know like abysmal approval rating all the time mm-hmm. but that's not going to win in a presidential election with somebody who's actually trying to you know give the people what we deserve like give like provide a you know progressive agenda that works for everyone mm-hmm. that, how can you think that you can compete against that with, you know, Amy Klobuchar-style pragmatism or Beto-style, like, empty, vague empty. promises uh, or, you know, Mayor Pete-style, like, you know... obama light, like, like, eugenics, <laughs> whatever he's preaching, you know, like, I'm, he's so terrible. <laughs> like, I just can't separate the memes in my head from the actuality anymore with this like well, bread price. I, mean, they, they, like, I could not have invented a bed. Imagine if you had like written a villain in a comedy sketch. who was like a CIA guy running for president <laughs> and he had a bread price fixing scandal on his fucking CV that you would get laughed out of the studio. I mean, the They'd what? be like, that's so unbelievable. This guy worked for McKinsey and he did this war crime shit in Afghanistan. And he was involved in a bread price fixing scandal. Uh, that, you wrote this character in your fictional account. Down to, you know, okay. there's there's one thing that Michelle Obama said that I think is actually kind of true. That she she said something about the presidency doesn't um, fix your character; it reveals your character. You know, and, and it's kind of the same thing when you're running for president. Is it doesn't really. It, it, like the more you're out there exposing yourself, trying to run for this office, the more it kind of reveals who you are. And I mean, at, and, and in the end, a lot of these candidates just become a parody of themselves. Like the first thing that, like the first impression that we got, like the first real, um, you know, vague impression that we got on Mayor Pete was exactly what you're saying. And then at the end of the day, who did he reveal who he was? Exactly that parody. You know, it's ridiculous. You get to that point. But that's just what kind of happens over over the course of time, and they have so much exposure over these months. And at the end of the day, I mean, you you. One thing I can say about Bernie, he was who we thought he was. <laughs> you know, he came into this race as the populist lefty that really wants to bring a revolution, a political revolution, and really wants to change the system. And now. He's still that same dude. He's been the same dude from 2016 and from even before that, advocating for single payer in the 90s. You know, I mean, there's nothing that you're going to see about him that you don't already know. And when it comes to a lot of people that were trying to figure out who's this Mayor P, you know, who's Warren, who, you know, who's Biden at this point, you know, and then they end up showing you that, you know, this is exactly, you know, the parodies are true. The parodies were were created for a reason. I just saw a bunch of really good Joe Rogan takes. You want to hear them? Oh, yeah, let's, let's post them out. I read that one earlier, but let's see. 
adventurous to decry Bernie going on Joe Rogan, but her totes cool with Hillary going on Howard Stern can seriously, and I can't stress this enough, STFU forever. <laughs> That's a good one. Obviously, like, just not even, like I said about the false equivalences earlier, like, there is nothing that Bernie could do that could touch anywhere near the type of corruption these establishment types have, you know, the type of terrible people they've worked with and done business with and publicly praised Joe Biden, for instance, you know, like every single thing, you know, snake emoji lady voting for Ronald Reagan and, you know, all that stuff. Like you want to get into it? Like he's got such this high bar that, him being down with Rogan is something that they're trying to use against him is ridiculous. Liberals, we should find a way to get socially conservative people to vote alongside of us so we can win. Bernie Sanders, hey look, I got Joe Rogan's vote, one of the most influential people in the country. Liberals, unacceptable. He's held socially conservative views in the past. The Joe Rogan endorsement kerfuffle reveals an uncomfortable reality in traditional media. Everybody knows podcaster Joe Rogan's endorsement of Bernie is worth far more than the New York Times endorsement of War Club. Let them cry tears of ink. It's the Joe Rogan thing is the Joe Rogan thing is exactly <clears throat> from the Corbin playbook. And if you're going to give centrist the time of day on this, you're a mark. Sorry, that's that's a, that's my take. That's one I agree with. Identity politics is a psyop. Like it's class war from above. This is that that's the playbook. That's like the CIA dossier. Fear what it's called. Um, you know, there's like a uh, from the late nineties. It was like you know how to control the internet, basically how to control conversation on the internet. Yeah, and that was a big part of it. You know, make people hate each other, make people fight each other over nonsense. All right, all well, these, by the way, all these people I'm looking at now, I'm looking at a couple of different, you know, anti-Rogan Bernie bros. There you go. They seem to be saying, look, like, I was critical of Rogan before because I saw his show as a gateway to the alt-right. Right. However, I'm seeing in real time that that's not the case, you know? So... I'm going to tell you this right here like Rogan is a big part of why I got back you know became interested in politics again like I totally wasn't like you know I was like like you know supported Bernie in 2016 but I didn't you know I wasn't like you know on like political Twitter arguing with you know idiots like I <laughs> decided to torture myself with this time you know mm-hmm. like Thank God I wasn't, because I would have been the meanest Bernie bro out there. Like, right? And you know, like, probably would have. I don't know, embarrassed myself. But I mean, in their eyes, what would it be? Like, what would be a slightly more provocative, like, you know, uh, non woke take? You know, like whatever. Like, it's first of all, it doesn't matter because he's not taking policy briefs from, you know, Jamie, you know, he's not like Jamie, pull that shit up, like pull up right. my new, like anti-trans, my new anti-trans legislation, Jamie. Right. I mean, that's, know, like, the thing that's about... not what's happening here. Like, no, you're fucking, you're a mark. If you believe that shit, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it takes all, 
all walks of life to gather half of a country this big to win freaking election. And the fact that he went on there and just like repped himself as honestly and as legitimately as he could and came away getting this very influential person's, you know, seal of approval. That's, that's a, you know, that's a, a win for everybody, you know, like, you know, Hulk meme, like, whoa, did you see this one? What's that? Jody Jacobson, Ryan Grimm said, Rogan is part of our politics and has millions of people who listen to him. Nothing you can change, nothing you can do can change that. You can either have him in the Sanders tent in conversation with people with decent values or cast him out into the arms of Trump. The latter will do far more harm. This lady says, Germany, Nazis are a part of our politics and have millions of followers. Nothing you can do to change that. Wow. To be clear, Jody Jacobson just called Joe Rogan a literal Nazi for endorsing a Jewish presidential candidate who had his family killed in the Holocaust. Blatant anti-Semitism and hate speech. Please do something. Twitter safety. Twitter support. Well, this is how we have to push back on shit like this, man. Like, I agree with the overall campaign strategy of like playing it cool, like in terms of Bernie and talking and going after people officially and all that. But I think. The bros need to fucking close ranks on this shit. And like this guy says, like, you can't even entertain this discussion with him. You can't even give him the time of day. Like, this has to be laughable. Like, Sirota's response when they started trying to call him anti-Semitic, you know? It was just like, if you believe this, you're a fucking asshole. You know? Don't <laughs> you know? Like, that was it. That's the, that's the response you need. You know? Like... This does not get the time of day. This is this is part of their plan. You know, we'll see if we can somehow turn like one side of his support against the other. We'll see if we can sort of break him with, you know, his like anti endorsements, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's it. These fucking people are stupid, man. Well, I mean, we got a week out left to go. Um, I really don't care about Joe Rogan one way or the other, but the Sanders campaign better not back down because if they do, we'll be cycling through this same bad faith attack every 72 hours for the next 6 to 11 months. Yep. Another great take. Dude, the bros are so smart. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I mean, we got, a, we got about a week left. We can have entire lives of venerating war criminals, people on flight logs world criminals who were on the flight logs. Joe Rogan endorsement? Talk about a yikes moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, an absolute win. Like, they're just bitter. It's sour grapes. That's what it is. And, you know, Bernie owns. Here we go. And on that note, you listeners should go sign up to volunteer for the event support team. Well, just at me on Twitter, yo. DJ Tom Hanks. Get you on whenever. You should give your shit too, bro. I'm at Tony Westside 088 on Twitter. Yeah, man. Um, 
take it easy. You've uh, gotten through our conversation this far, I and mean, welcome to our uh, beta test for our new podcast and everything. So um, this is just us sharing our takes. You know, we don't feel we're particularly credentialed in any way, but, you know, if anybody can go out there on uh, TV and just share their bad takes, I mean, we can go out and uh, record our own thoughts on, on uh, the daily news and all the events that are happening around the election. Financial could be as simple as, like, how many hours a day you spend on Twitter. <laughs> you know, like, that's a, that's, that's a credential in and of itself. Amassing brain damage <laughs> from all the stupidity out there. Just got 